Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome everyone to the Money Over 50 podcast. I'm Dallas Davison and I'm here today with Michael Hogue. Michael. Today's topic, we've actually discussed this before, Dallas. <laughs> many times, over many a coffee. Um, different ways to draw an income in retirement. So, so what we're looking at is that someone has retired, they've accumulated uh, retirement savings in their superannuation generally. Yeah. Um, and and they're now looking at drawing an income. So they've stopped working. They're looking at now drawing an income. As you uh, as you would say, they they've stopped working. Their money's going to work for them. Their money now gets dressed to go to work for them, <laughs> as they have stopped getting dressed and going to work. I hope uh, they haven't stopped getting dressed. Hopefully, <laughs> still getting dressed. <laughs> but um, we're not. Here, here, you want to do it? Yeah, um, we're, looking, we're looking at the we're looking at the different ways that they'd be able to to draw yeah. an income in retirement from their retirement savings and, and um, retirement savings can be many different things but for most people it's it's what they've accumulated in their superannuation yeah. up until their retirement and and if they haven't accumulated in their super generally a part of a part of our strategy would be to to get some of that money outside of super into into super as it tends to be a, a tax advantage environment but I guess to, to scope this out and look at right, what is it exactly we're looking at today um, as a thought experiment we're just going to assume that you've got a uh, million dollars uh, in retirement savings. You have no other sources of retirement income. Um, disregard any Centrelink. Uh, disregard any desire to leave money to the kids. Uh, any work, anything like that. So um, we're not going to necessarily get into the nuts and bolts of Monte Carlo stimula- stimulations and you know likelihood of, of uh, achieving the result you want and likelihood of failure and all those sorts of things. But it's more just about uh, what we want to talk about is some of the different, I guess, rules-based approaches to drawing down an income in retirement. And, and that's, I guess, the first point that I'd make there is that this is, this is again, a, a problem or an issue that most people probably don't think about. If you said to someone, hey, your, your, your retirement target is to get a million dollars together and, and get that um, you know, saved, if you then said, well, then you have the problem of how do you draw that out and, and how much can you draw each year, you, you kind of would think, well, I've got, I've got the million dollars, so I've, I've got it covered. I've, you know. And this is sort of a bit of a hangover from uh, when you're a kid and a million dollars seems like a, a huge amount of money and that you could never burn through it. But uh, as we see over, over a sort of a 30-year retirement time frame, which is what we normally look at, uh, cost of living... Uh, goes up every year, sort of normally by a few percent, mm. and so uh, not only not only do you need to be able to have your retirement savings produce enough enough of a return or enough income to be able to fund your lifestyle in that first year, and fund that amount every year for thirty years, it actually needs to fund a rising cost of living over time. So, yeah, that's a good point. And and one of the assumptions that we'll make for today is that the minimum 
that you would require to live off is fifty thousand dollars yeah. per year net of tax, um, which from from our studies and our clients in re- in retirement already, um, that is certainly the bottom end of the scale of what yeah. people yeah. Uh, require to spend. So we could do a whole other podcast on what people think they need to, yeah, to spend and, and, and what, what they, they actually, actually do. Spend, yeah. But fifty thousand dollars a yeah. year, and anytime someone tells me they're going to spend fifty, I just I just type in sixty instead. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. In yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean because there are, there are things that are that that aren't looked at. So um, fifty thousand dollars a year. Uh, and that's net of tax. Yeah. Now, again, for the assumption here is that is that you won't pay any tax, and if set up correctly, yeah. um, you know, our clients don't pay tax yeah. in retirement. So that's a, that's a big saving yeah. because you're not paying any income tax. Fifty thousand dollars a year or a thousand dollars a week on average, yeah. um, almost. Uh, yeah. Is certainly at the bottom end of the scale. Yep. Um, look, a couple that owns their own home uh, before they leave that. Yeah, they fully own their own home before they leave that house uh, in terms of insurances and uh, rates and all those types of things and um, food. Uh, they're looking at spending somewhere at about twenty-five dollars to $30,000 a year. Yeah. Um, so, so if you add $20,000 onto that to get you to $50,000 yeah. for um, you know, travel and, and, and you know, any types of entertainment, then it's still the bottom end of the scale of yeah. what someone would need to draw. And, and that's kind of why we've used it as the example is that um, both, uh, I guess, 50,000 is the lower end of the scale there. And, and if someone was to say to me, I, I do want $50,000 a year, I would say that a million dollars is probably the minimum amount they can have in retirement savings. So mm. we normally work on, uh, as a rough guideline, that you want about 20 times that first year's income. So if you want $50,000 a year and you don't want to run out of money, you probably need a million dollars. If you want $60,000 a year, you probably need about $1.2 million. Yep. But, um, just for this, uh, I guess this, we, we could go into the into the weeds a lot with, with all those different different areas of that, and, and we will at various times. But the I guess the main thought experiment that we want to leave people with today is is there's a few different options or a few different approaches to uh, how much how to, how to work out how much you can spend each year when you're retired. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go through just to list I guess the three that we'll discuss in a bit more detail. You could look at it as a fixed dollar amount. So That's number one. Number one is to take fifty thousand dollars a year indexed to inflation and say. That's the amount of money that I'm going to take out every year. I don't care what my retirement savings balance does every year. Mm-hmm. The second option is to do a fixed percentage withdrawal. So number two would be to say, I'm going to pick a percentage of my retirement savings. I'm going to draw that amount out and I'm going to spend it every year. And the third option is what we'd call a floor and ceiling approach, or basically where you adjust your spending in line with the, the balance of your retirement savings over time. So. We'll go through each of these in more detail, but as we're talking about this, the, the reason we've debated this in, in great detail is that there isn't really no right or wrong answer here. It, it's not, I can, I can do the big reveal in advance. It's not gonna get to the end, I'm gonna say you should pick two or three or one even. It's really about, there's trade-offs that need to be made when, when looking at this. And I guess the, the, the main point that, that we'll, we'll cover off on there is that the simplest way to think of it is the trade-off is that to to be able to have a higher spending rate or to be able to spend, I guess, more money each year on average, what you actually need to trade off there is that that needs to come with higher variability of income. 
Mm. So, uh, and we'll talk about it uh, as we go through each. But if you say to me, I need $50,000 a year and I cannot adjust that amount of income that I need, uh, the way that the way that we adjust that over time is, is going to be very different if you say look I'd like 50,000 but if if the market's down or if my balance drops over time I can I can scale that back a bit mm. we can then be a bit more aggressive with your with your with your drawdown rate because you have the you have the scope to adjust mm. that down so um, I guess the first one, Michael, is, is sort of one that most people think of as when, when we ask the question. Generally, people is you know how much how much do you want to live on retirement? You know, for example, the fifty thousand is to go okay. The fixed dollar amount, I want fifty thousand dollars a year. Yep. So that's taking fifty thousand dollars per year from your. In this case, you you've started your retirement. You have one million dollars in yep. retirement savings, and you draw fifty thousand dollars. Yep. Um, out of that as a fixed dollar amount. Yeah, yep. and, and then like I say, we normally work on adjusting that with inflation every year. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the the way that we think about that is that, um, and we, we won't go into the details of how you would invest this million dollars and in which asset classes and all the rest of it, but normally there's a mix of some growth assets, such as shares and property, and some defensive assets, such as cash, term deposit, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a trade-off that needs to be made uh, there around the, the spending variability as well, which is that um, if you need $50,000 a year, um, the, the first option we're looking at here assumes that if at the end of that first year your million dollars in retirement savings drops to 800000 there's no scope for you to reduce your spending in line with that. Mm. And you say, okay, I need $50,000 a year. So the main advantage of this is that theoretically you, you never have to take a pay cut. And mm. Yeah, we see this all the time. That human nature is that we we feel the the hurt, the, the pain of loss more than we feel the, the pleasure of a gain. So, you know, it's if someone says I'll give you fifty thousand dollars a year, and then next year I'm gonna I'm gonna take ten thousand dollars off you, the ten thousand they take off you is gonna hurt a fair bit. Mm. Whereas if at the end of that year someone gives you an extra ten thousand dollars, you normally it, it's not it's it's not as much fun as as the pain of taking the ten thousand. Mm. So. That's the the main advantage of that is that you go okay I can rely on a thousand dollars a week hitting my bank account I've got that to spend I never have to worry about where do I shave costs if the if uh, investment returns are poor or anything like that now the trade off there is that on average you'll draw a lot less and mm. and what I mean by that is that the withdrawal rate of that fifty thousand dollars a year or five percent is based on the fact that. We, we pretty much need your retirement savings to continue to grow in those early years so that when there is inevitably uh, a correction in investment markets, you don't have to adjust your income. So, and this is where we've talked about with your rules-based approach is you can't have it, you can't have it both ways. You mm. can't say, I want $50,000 a year and I don't want to take a pay cut from that. But at the end of the first year, the market's up a bit and uh, my savings have gone to 1.2. Oh, I'll, I'll just take a bit off the top. That's not how it works if you're working on a fixed dollar amount because you need that, that growth in those early years to adjust for the fact that you are not taking a pay cut in, in any year. Look, it's a good point. Um, certainly, we see that a lot where... Uh, look, investment markets never, ever um, generate consistent returns. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we have a... Uh, a rule of thumb that we aim for an 8% average rate of return after 
our costs and after the funds costs uh, for our clients in retirement. Now, um, that never comes at 8%, 8 8%, 8%, 8%. No. So as you alluded to before, yeah. um, in the first year, you might be lucky and that becomes, yeah. you get a 16% return in one yeah. year, so it's double. Yeah. Um, and and like you said, you can't have it both ways where you, you, you can't choose a fixed dollar yeah. amount of income and then say, oh, um, we got double the return yeah. this year and that's and next year we'll get eight, we'll get eight, we'll get eight. So we see this as a windfall and we take a big lump sum. Yeah. Um, if you get 16% in one year, the chances are that next year you might get 0%. That's right. Uh, it might even go backwards a little bit. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, certainly in this example, the the fifty thousand dollars that you take yep. is a rigid amount, yep. and it gets indexed to inflation, so that you take fifty one and a half thousand dollars. The um, the following year, the um, um, the uh, yeah, that's a, a good point. I've just got a, a a guy we know that's just wandered into the office and is making faces at it through the through the window, but he's leaving now, so it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. No, that's right. <laughs> um, I think that's, I guess, like we were saying, the the trade-off there that, like you said, is that if you need that certainty of income, then you, you can't have it both ways. You can't take take the good without having the bad. So the second option is is if you do want if you do want that upside and you're willing to take a bit of the downside, is that sorry, just 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 get back to the fixed dollar amount. So. Um, one of the disadvantages there is that you will, like you said, you will, you, you can draw a lot less. Yeah. So um, we have a saying here, take five from eight. Yeah. So take 5% of your, in this case, $50,000 on a million dollars, you're yeah. taking a 5% income draw. Yeah. And ideally, if we get that 8% rate of return, yeah. what that means is that you've you've taken only some of the return yeah. of your, of your um of your retirement savings so that and if you if you achieve that eight percent rate of return, yep. your million grows to one million and eighty thousand dollars. Yep. You take you take fifty thousand dollars. So yep. your your you actually start year two with more than you started in year one. That's um, a, that's a good point. Sorry, I, I think we skipped past that in terms of your retirement savings growing. That's not that's not magic. That's mm-hmm. not that's not just if you get a good a, a good run in those early years. We actually have to budget for that. We have to budget for if you are taking a rigid uh, amount of, or a set amount of, of dollars every year, you do need you need to have that retirement savings balance growing in those early years. And that's mm. exactly what you're saying. You, you're taking. We need to be striving for a higher rate of return than the percentage that you're taking out. And it needs to actually be a fair bit more because, as you said. You might you might get a good return, and then the the next year it, it's likely to be to be down. So it's not only do you have to take five percent out of eight percent, you have to take five percent out of an average rate of return of eight percent, which might mm. be sixteen percent, and then zero or negative in that year. So that's I guess like yeah, a good point there, which we probably glossed over, that is to say that the reason that on average you have to draw less is because we actually need to let your retirement savings grow to to be able to allow for that. Now, I just want to point out also that there is um, uh, behind the scenes there's the rate of return. And this in this example, we've used eight percent because that's the that's the that's the in generally the target target that we aim for for our clients in retirement. So the rate of return on their money, 
um, certainly not guaranteed yeah. and and certainly not as simple as just putting your money into the standard investment option of your superannuation fund yeah. and expecting that to come out. So if you're only, and there, there is a push with, um, I'm digressing a little bit here, but there's a push with many industry super funds, yeah. if you haven't selected an investment option or investment options in there, to move you into, as you get older and approach your time, to move you into um, less volatile uh, investment strategies. Now, with that l- lower volatility comes lower average returns as well. So that's a really good point. Yeah. If you're only, if you're entering retirement thinking, I can take fifty thousand dollars a year yeah. from my million dollars, and I can just achieve an eight percent rate of return. Certainly not guaranteed, and you need to look a lot more closely at that. So if you're only to get a 3% rate of return, um, you start to go backwards from day one. So so basically, you have to adjust that in line with it. So if you were to to say, I'm going to invest in such a way that I'm only going to get a a 5% return, well, then then the rule would be take three from five, for example, is to say, okay, well, I need to adjust my spending in line with the return that I'm going to get. Mm. Um, that's yeah that's that's a good because point. if you are only getting the three percent rate of return um, in this example your money runs out in somewhere in the in the tenth or eleventh year yep. of your retirement because yep. what happens three um, percent on a million your million grows to one million and thirty thousand dollars you take fifty thousand dollars yep. um, uh, but you start year two with only nine hundred and eighty thousand dollars yep. now um, same three percent return yep. flows through to a lower dollar yep. return because it's three percent on nine hundred and eighty thousand dollars and at the same time um, your you're up. drawing a higher income uh, of fifty one thousand five hundred to combat inflation. Yep. So what you have there is over the next ten or so years your income's going up but your dollar returns are yeah. coming down yeah. um, because it's, you're drawing more than the return so yeah. you run out of money really really quickly it's basically the opposite of of paying off a loan effectively where in those early years all of your loan repayment is going towards interest and not much is going towards the principal and then in later years you get the opposite of that so mm. Yeah, that, that's exactly right, is that we're using this, you know, the 8% return as just a, a thought experiment here, but that's kind of why another component of, like I say, when you've got your million dollars saved for retirement, it's not as easy as just going, okay, well, we've got the mill, now we're done. Mm-hmm. That's just the beginning. You really have to make sure that million dollars is working as hard as mm-hmm. possible and that the, the return that you're going to get on that money is actually going to allow you to draw the income in the amount and the and the, the I guess the under the rules that, that you've set at the, at the beginning yes. so so number two um, so number one was fixed dollar amount yeah uh, number two fixed percentage withdrawals so this is probably the I would say the more more exciting one if you if you're the one spending the money it's, it's a bit of a bit more of a gamble every year so uh, for in this case, you might say, I've got a million dollars in retirement savings. I'm going to spend 6% of that balance every year. Mm-hmm. So uh, start of the year rolls around, you say, I've got a million dollars, great. I'm gonna, I've got $60,000 to spend. So you spend that much. Now, the reason you can take a, a higher amount as a percentage is that you have to take a pay cut if, if investment returns are, are not great. So. In that case, at the end of that year, after you've taken your sixty thousand, if you've got a you know a really good good return and your million dollars has grown to you know one point two million dollars even after taking your sixty thousand out, 
that's great because next year it means you've got $1.2 million. You can take 6% of that. You can take $72,000 in that, that second year and spend that. Look, I, I like this one because it's dynamic. So um, what you want to do is when markets drop, you actually do want to squeeze down how much income you draw. Yep. I mean, no one wants to be selling. If the if what you're invested into has fallen by 20% temporarily, yep. then then ideally you want to be taking out less because you don't want to be yep. selling any of those yep. assets at that at that uh, lower yep. yeah. uh, percentage fall. So the, the fixed percentage withdrawal will give you a... I mean, it'll give you a dynamic. It, it'll do that dynamically. So as the as the as the value of your funds drop or yep. rise, um, a percentage of retirement savings, uh, in this case six percent, will will automatically um, rise or lower the dollar amount of income that you're taking. Yeah. And and I I mean it, that it's a good one from that point of view. Theoretically, you can never run out of money. Yep. during this one because you know, if you did set that percentage yep. at 6% and um, even if you were only able to average a rate of return of 5% a year or 4% a year yep. um, you're taking 6% from Off a declining it. balance yep. but um, you're, you're taking you know, your money never runs out theoretically yep. you're, you're living off less income in yep. the later years yep. of your retirement um, yep. but but certainly and, and that's, that's not exactly running out the of money point. the, the in that second year, so we've, we've talked about the, the fun stuff of the good side of if the, if the market jumps and you, you go from spending $60,000 a year to 72000 now, if it goes the other way and at the end of that year you've got $800,000 left in, in, your, in your retirement savings, you have to take an immediate pay cut uh, to, to $48,000. So mm. you've basically got to, got to go from spending $60,000 a year to, to $48,000 a year. And this, this sort of ties into what we were talking about before where for some people, that's not a concern. So, and mm. yeah, we we've talked about this yeah, ourselves. Is that you know, you tend to spend what you have. So mm. if if there's an amount of if you're comfortable adjusting your spending in line with the amount of money that's hitting your bank account every week or every month, it's not a big concern because you just go, okay. Well, last year I had more money. I went on I went on a big overseas holiday, or I you know went out for dinner two nights a week. Well, this year things have taken a bit of a turn. I don't have that level of income. In most cases, there's definitely some scope there for people to just adjust their spending without noticing a huge difference. Yeah, so certainly one of those one of those adjustments is um, we talk to people and say to them, yeah, if you're choosing this method, and even if you're choosing the fixed dollar amount, yeah, um, yeah as as in the event the markets have fallen. Um, I always tell my clients, look, just defer any non-necessary yeah, expansion. So, right. for example, if your house needs a paint and you were going to paint it, yeah. but the markets have just fallen by yeah. 20% so that your million dollars temporarily is only worth $800,000, look, we know markets recover. So yeah. Yeah. we know that if not next year, the year after, the year after, it'll be back to a million dollars and then grow from there. Generally, if you diversified enough, um, Certainly no guarantee on the time frame yeah. uh, when it will come back. But, you know, if your house needs a paint at some stage, uh, just defer it. Yeah. Like you, you just defer that until um, a couple of years down the road when your, your funds have increased. Yeah. Look, a drop in markets, not always, but oftentimes coincides with a downturn in your economy as yeah. well. So anytime there's a downturn in your economy, what you usually find is that, is that um, working people they tighten their, tighten their belt at the same at the same time. So, 
Um, there's argument to say that if you're retired, uh, you should be tightening your belt in line with what working people would do at the, at yeah. the same time yeah. as well. Um, and the other one that I like with the fixed percentage withdrawals, look, it, it actually ticks the box from a from a um, legislation point of view. So if you're retiring at age 65 um, and you move your superannuation into an account-based pension, which which um, for another topic we'll talk yeah. about that, but but certainly that suits most people because the earnings are tax-free and the income that you draw from that is tax-free. You're actually mandated to take at least five percent, so a minimum of five percent from yeah. age 65 to 65. So um, if you choose the percentage option, yeah. uh, it ticks the box yeah. from that point of view as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I guess the so there's a couple of different advantages of that, as you say that that uh, that fixed percentage withdrawal. Um, other than the other than the legislative one, the main advantage being there is that just on average you can draw much more. Like we're mm. saying is that if someone was to say with that million dollars I don't want to ever take a pay cut I'd, I'd be strongly recommending against them taking any more than $50,000 a year if they said I'm happy to roll the dice and just take that that fixed percentage amount every year they could quite comfortably take 6% a year because as you say they just have to adjust their spending in line with, with the, the balance if that if that was to drop temporarily so, that's yeah, so, so a good advantage there is that you, you do get to there is scope to set your income at a higher yep. uh, percentage so in the yep. fixed dollar amount $50,000 yep. um, we would we wouldn't we would not advocate going over yep. 5% of your opening balance so $50,000 on a million uh, with the fixed percentage withdrawals, you can go a little bit higher to yeah. say six percent, which yeah. is sixty thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah. At least in the first year, obviously yeah. Yeah. beyond that period of time, yeah. it's and it's whatever the balance becomes. But but I mean, you've lived a, a better lifestyle certainly yeah. at least in that first year and, uh, by and, and drawing that a little bit extra money. Ties a bit into the a lot of the discussion around this is that it, it's about thinking not only around how much do you want to spend but when do you want to spend that as well is that mm. for most people in your early years of retirement that's when people want to travel and do fun things and and be a bit more active and out there mm. and probably spending more money so you might make the decision that i, I want to spend more i'll take the percentage um, percentage mm. amount because if if i don't get a good sequence of returns and i have to take a pay cut at some stage in the future I'm just hopeful that that will be far enough in the future that mm. I'm ready to adjust my lifestyle anyway. Yep. Uh, the the main disadvantage, I guess, of that is, like I say, for it's it seems like a bit of a no-brainer if you say to someone, "Do you want fifty thousand dollars a year or sixty thousand dollars a year?" But as I said, human nature is such that we we tend to we tend to feel the pain of of, of loss much more than the pleasure of gain. So, like I say. You're, you're spending being able to go from $60,000 a year to $72,000 a year. That might be fun and you, and you stay at nicer hotels when you travel or you, you spend a bit more on dining out or something like that. But going from $60,000 a year to $48,000 a year, it, in some cases it probably hurts. It almost hurts more than if you just started with $50,000 a year because mm. that's what, you, what you're used to. So the main disadvantage of the fixed um, percentage withdrawals is that is that I guess there's two parts to it, is that if you get a, a poor sequence of returns and, and you start to chew into the, the capital base in those early years, you may um, only be able to take a, a, a reduced amount over time. 
Um, the second component is that even if you get a great sequence of returns and, and your savings grows in those early years and your income grows, as you say, Michael, those market cycles, there's no way around that. At some stage in the future, there is going to be a 20, 30% drop to your retirement savings if, mm. if you're invested in, in probably the way that we'd recommend. Mm. So you, you really only can, can do that if, if you can uh, hand on heart say that at some stage in the future when, when that balance drops by 20, 30%, you are willing and able to reduce your spending by that 20, 30%. The, it, the, I guess... Uh, the variation there, if you're disciplined enough, yeah. is that you can squirrel money away in the good times and then and then use that as a reserve account yeah. uh, when the market's down. So using that same example, if, if you happen to have a sequence where your one million grew to $1.2 million, so you're yeah. 6% of that, um, suddenly instead of taking $60,000 a year, you're taking $72,000 a year. You yeah. still spend $60,000 and you put yeah. $12,000 aside. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and you might do it that again the following year. So the yep. same thing happens. You put another twelve thousand dollars aside. Yep. Um, and then when that balance drops, the balance drops because yep. we know that market volatility yep. is is a fact. I mean, yep. over a thirty year retirement, you're going to see the yep. value of your your retirement savings fall um, during during usually short term periods yep. uh, along that continuum. But you are going to see that happen. So, at that point in time, you can squeeze your income down to that six percent of eight hundred thousand dollars. Yep. And in this case, you're you drawing only forty-eight thousand dollars for that yep. year. But you you can subs uh, you can substitute your income from that reserve account. Yeah, and that that's I guess in reality what we've you know we talk about a thousand dollars a week hitting your bank account or this much a month hitting your bank account. In reality, what we tend to find is that people in retirement. You know, when people are working, they tend to have a level of, of money in the bank that they're comfortable with. And it might be $10,000, it might be $20,000. In reality, the same thing applies when people are retired, is that mm. even if we said you can spend all of this money every week, people don't tend to feel comfortable unless they have a bit of a buffer yeah. built up there. So, yeah, yeah that, that's a, a good point, is that uh, that's a way to, to, to also try and uh, minimise the effects of the, the swings in that, in that income is to, is to, I guess, take advantage of some of the upside but not necessarily spend the whole amount yep. uh, and just squirrel a bit away. But so, as we say, for, mo- for most people, the money that hits the bank account gets spent. And so, you yep. know, if, if, that's the, if that's the approach that you're going to use, you want, uh, I guess, a system or some rules in place as to how that's going to happen. Yep. So just recapping quickly, that was the fixed percentage withdrawals, setting, yep. in this case, an example of 6% of whatever your yep. um, retirement, savings, retirement savings balance is uh, each year. Yep. You would take 6% of that amount, whether it's up, whether it's down, um, which, would, which would vary the dollar amount of income that you're taking. Yep. depending on what your balance is. So number three, the floor and ceiling approach. Tell us about that. Well, it's basically, uh, this is sort of a, a hybrid of the two models. Um, and I guess the this is one where you can kind of adjust the rules a bit more. And, and in most cases, the the drawdown strategy that you pick will, will be a combination of, as you say, of, of number one or number two. So floor and ceiling refers to the fact that you basically pick an, an amount of retirement income as your retirement savings grows above the, the ceiling that, that you set there, you can increase your, your, um, your income that you draw. If it drops below a certain floor level, then you reduce the income. So it's basically just 
a way to try and minimise the effects of having to adjust your spending every single year mm. is that uh, in this case, if you, you could set a rule where you say, I'm going to draw $55,000 a year in that first year, uh, every time my retirement savings go up or down by 20%, I'm going to increase or reduce my retirement income by 10%. Mm. So it's a, it's a bit more convoluted, but basically saying that if in the, at the end of that first year, if my retirement income, if my retirement savings have gone from a million dollars to one point one million dollars, there's no major change there. So my retirement income stays exactly the same. So mm-hmm. I'm already used to spending that amount. I keep spending that amount. By the same token, if it drops to nine hundred thousand or eight hundred and fifty, you've had a bit of a drop, but it's not such a huge drop that it's it's really going to cause you those problems. Mm-hmm. So you can keep your 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 income draw at the same amount. It's only when you have your million dollars grows beyond $1.2 million, mm. for example, or drops below $800,000 that you then adjust that spending. So uh, it's, it's a bit more of a, a complicated approach, but the main advantage being there is you kind of get some of the advantages of the first and the second strategies, the fixed dollar and the fixed percentage withdrawal is that you get some of the upside, so you're not just watching your retirement savings grow and grow and grow and thinking, well, I'm still having to spend the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to you get to take part of that upside and, and you also get to take generally a slightly higher amount of income. You know, in this mm-hmm. example, you're getting $55,000 a year instead of $50,000 a year. So you get a bit extra and you get to increase that over time as, you, as your retirement savings grows. And... and um it may only be a short-term adjustment. We, we talk about salary taken as an annual amount here. So we say $55,000 per annum. But I mean, in reality, most people divide that by 12 and take a monthly yeah. draw. Yeah. So um, look, a fall of 20%. Uh, we had one in December 2018 that was almost 20%. So yeah. the markets, uh, the if you're invested across the Australian well, the ASX 200, the top 200 companies in Australia and the top 1,500 companies in the world, those markets fell on average almost 20%. It wasn't quite 20%. Um, uh, And uh, that recovered fairly quickly, reasonably quickly within a a matter of months. So it could be in the situation where you had to adjust your monthly take uh, of income for three three or four months before it actually recovered. So... Look, it's a, it's a it's a good one as well, and, and I agree with you there. It's a hybrid of the other two. Yeah. Uh, in, in in those terms. So. And it's it's a good example, like you were saying before, Michael, about if you're if you're on uh, if you're getting paid uh, if you're still employed and mm. um, you know there's all sorts of bad news around the mm. economy in general. Mm. People don't tend to people tend to tighten their belt a bit, even even if they have a fairly safe job. You tend to go, yep. okay, well, just be a bit careful with what I'm spending and how, yeah. how hard I'm going here. Yeah. The same thing applies where you say, even if you have to reduce that spending, it's, it's normally for a limited amount of time and it's sort of in line with everyone around you is probably doing a similar thing where they're just being a bit careful with their spending uh, mm. at, the same, at the same time. So, um, so that's, that's, I guess, um, one that we that we also look at for people is that if, if you sort of if you don't want to be set in in this is the exact amount of money I'm going to take every year and I, um, I I'm not going to take advantage of any of the mm. potential upside 
or if you're not willing to roll the dice and say, I'll just take a percentage every year, that's mm. kind of a good hybrid model between the two. The, the, the comment that I'd like to make also is that we had, we had a, a debate about this for a good hour and a half one day, Dallas yeah. and I. Yeah. Um, hopefully we haven't kept you that long on this podcast. <laughs> but we, we actually came to the conclusion that it's a combination of art and science. Yeah. It's not purely scientific. Yeah. If investment markets spat out 8%, 8%, 8%, 8%, 8% every single year, yeah. then it would be science yeah. because we would be able to, to do that with insurance. Look, there's no assurance in investment markets. Yeah. Um, um, most people need to be invested in, in um, investment markets for a large part of their uh, retirement savings because they need a higher return than the 3% or yeah. the 2% they would get if they were invested in cash and yeah. term deposits. Yeah. Um, so so there is that variability there, and that's where the art part of it comes in. Yeah. Um, so these three different methods of yeah. the fixed dollar amount, um, and just to recap, that was taking uh, a set dollar amount, regardless of what your uh, investment balance was, whether it fluctuated and grew from one million to 1.2 million or dropped to $800,000, you were taking $50,000 a year from your retirement savings index to inflation. Number two, the fixed percentage withdrawal, so setting a percentage. The example that we used was 6%. Um, So whatever the balance of your retirement savings was at the start of the year, you would take 6% of that amount. So obviously when um, your retirement savings grew, 6% 6% of a bigger, of 1.2 million was $72,000. Um, if they fell to $800,000, 6% of that was $48,000. And the floor and ceiling approach, which is the last one we discussed, which is, is a hybrid of that now. Um, they're, they're, you may be saying, thing, why don't these guys know which one's the best? Uh, <laughs> look, it's, it's, this is the first generation that has been faced with this problem. So the people yeah. retiring right now at 65 or around that figure um, these are the first generation of people that will live to 95 years of age, or one of the couple will live to 95 years of age, and um, and and so the generation before them, um, some of those people are actually living that yep. long, but but not most of them, and those people also haven't had their age pension cut. So the people that are 95 now that a consistent age pension yep. paid to them forever and a day. Um, uh, uh, our clients that were receiving an, an, uh, a part-age pension of, say, $16,000 on the 1st of January 2017, that was halved to $8,000. So um, there's just no consistency. So the writing's on the wall that the age pension will um, be reduced phased or phased out over um, that period of time. So, yeah. so really, the people that are retiring now, or anyone younger than that... Yeah. This is like this well, is the this, first run. This is the first run that we've ever had. This this used to really be the domain of of, uh, of trust fund babies, effectively. It was where, you, where you've got a pool of money and you have to live off that pool of off money. The, off that pool of money. Whereas, yeah. uh, as you say, Michael, is that now with the way that that things have uh, have have moved, is that everyone's going to have this problem. You mm. you have a you know it's it's one of those things. It's sort of referred to as the 
the hardest problem in finance is you mm. have a, a, a lump sum of money, how do you draw an income from it? Mm. Yes. Now, the second part of that as well is not only the technical part of um, the best way to do it and it changes with you know how do you, what sequence of returns do you get and how much and how do you invest it and all the rest of it. The second part of it is, once again, you're kind of relying on people knowing, okay, I'm 60 now, how much income do I need when I'm 90? Mm. People don't know. You know they, we, don't. they don't. We don't. We don't know whether. So there's, there's, I guess, that part of it is that we don't know how much money we, how much income we are going to need as we get older. The second part of it is that, and where we say that this is not a, this is not a strategy where we can decide for people, is that for some people, uh, if I said to them, hey, we can go with this approach, and at the end of your life, you should be left with somewhere between two million dollars and four million dollars. Some of my clients would. Would, would want to fight me because they don't they want to spend it all they want they want to they want to burn through it before yes. before they die and by the same token some of my other clients that if I said to them hey we can do it this way and you've got a 90% chance of not running out of money but mm. you you might run out for, you know in, in your later yeah. years the same thing they would not be happy about that and for those people it's more important to never run out of money and to be able to hand something yes. out to their kids good, good point really good point so there's 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 um a big difference there in, in people's attitudes. Yeah. So, and and that's I guess what we sort of want to talk about this today is that uh, as as we sometimes do in this podcast, we've talked about this for forty minutes and we haven't actually given a concrete answer. But it's something that when we talk about um, someone comes in and we say, "What are your retirement goals?" It tends to they don't tend to know. And then when we're talking about how much money do you want to live on. That, that really is, it has to be a part of that conversation of what's the retirement target we're shooting for is how do you want to spend your money in retirement? How do you want to draw an income? Can you, can you take that variable income to, to be able to get a, a higher average income? Are you more focused on, I don't want to ever take a pay cut? Yeah. All those th- things need to be taken into account leading up to you know, well before you reach, I guess, what we'd consider your retirement target. That's a, that's a great point. So, I mean, if you're looking at even retiring in the next 10 years, so if you're 55 now, looking at retiring at 65, you need to start having some of these discussions now yeah. because because um, that all factors into what what balance you require the yeah. day that you retire yeah. um, in, in order to, to live the type of lifestyle that you want. So, I mean, there's many variations of this. I have a client, um, and I have more than one that's doing this, but... The one in particular stand out. So every three years, um, we've factored in for the first uh, twelve years of their retirement, yeah. they're going to take an extra thirty thousand dollars to go yeah. on overseas holidays. So, yeah. so we've budgeted for four of those in yeah. the first 12, 12 years of their retirement. Yeah. So I mean, there's 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 plenty of variability in the approach. Yeah. Um, it has to work for the individuals involved. Yeah. And and um, it has to. I mean, it has to make sense and it has to be valid, and uh, but, it, but it has to work for the individuals involved. And, and that's, I guess, one where it sounds very rigid to say you need to come up with rules or a system in advance, but it's a bit like what's the saying about, um, you know, people will always vote themselves a government that will spend more than, than, than what it takes in in revenue. It's the same sort of thing. If you don't have these rules or these systems in place and, and you say... Um, if that person hasn't allocated thirty thousand dollars for those holidays, and they come in in three years' time and say, "Oh, we, you know, we're just gonna, we just need to take that," you go, "That it, it, it's it really affects all of your other, and, and it's a bit of a butterfly effect thing where it might be 
$30,000 doesn't seem like much out of if they've got a million dollars in retirement savings, mm. for example. But when they're then 83 and they're running out of money a few years, you know, before yeah. where, where you thought you were going to, and you can you can normally point it back to that's what happened in those early years. So yeah. it's not about saying that you have to pick a, a rule system and it has to be rigid and the same. It's about saying we need to yeah. make these trade-offs in advance rather than just getting there every year and going, oh, well, we'll draw an amount of money that we kind of think might be good. Yeah. If you're, uh, if you're still listening at this stage of the podcast, you're obviously very interested in, in this and it's important to you. So I mean, we love, we love uh, having these discussions with people and it's one of the things that we, we really get excited about. So um, certainly if it is a concern of yours and you want to start some looking at some of uh, uh, these plans, then certainly get in touch with us. We'd only be too happy to meet with you. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.